0: Welcome to Axios Pro Rata, where we take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. Sponsored by Bridge Bank. Be safe. Venture wisely. I'm Dan Premack. On today's show, Facebook faces off with employees and some surprisingly positive news on jobs. But first... Living history. Cities in all 50 United States yesterday were the sites of protests against police brutality and racial inequality. And many of those cities saw more people than in any of the prior days. Among them was Washington, D.C., where the Washington Post estimates that 2,000 folks waved signs marched and at one point took a moment of silence. But one place that no one in DC went yesterday, not a protester or a tourist or a resident, was the Smithsonian's National Museum of African American History and Culture, which over six million people have visited since it opened in 2016. The physical building is closed, as are the rest of the Smithsonian's facilities due to the coronavirus pandemic. So while history is being made outside its walls, the museum itself must wait to let people in. But its staff is certainly watching, collecting and analyzing, as historians do. At some point, our children and grandchildren will benefit from that work. But today, I want to go deeper on what the museum is trying to do today and to put this moment into context with Lonnie Bunch, founding director of the museum and current secretary of the Smithsonian Institution. We'll do that in 20 seconds
1: bridgebank knows the ins and outs of business ups and downs and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers the game changers and the disruptors those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place bridgebank has been dedicated to providing financial solutions to sponsor-backed emerging technology and growth companies for nearly two decades through its national network of banking teams and offices bridgebank is a division of western alliance bank bridgebank be safe venture wisely
0: We're joined now by Lonnie Bunch, Secretary of the Smithsonian Institution and the founding director of the Smithsonian's National Museum of African-American History and Culture. What role do you see museums like the Museum of African-American History playing right now at a time when people can't visit it?
2: Well, first of all, it's important to realize that the role of a museum, a good museum, is as much about today and tomorrow as it is about yesterday. And that museums like the National Museum of African American History and Culture are already making sure that even though their doors are closed, that virtually they're serving the public. They just launched a new website, new web portal yesterday, talking about race. It gives people the opportunity to cross racial lines, to begin to understand this moment we're in. I think what's key is that places like the Smithsonian have to use all of their resources to help the public understand what we're doing, where we are today, and really to give them some hope for a better tomorrow.
0: Because it's the Smithsonian, which is a kind of a free-to-visit museum, unlike museums of history and art and so many others throughout the country, do you feel you guys are kind of surviving through the pandemic better than many of your peers elsewhere?
2: Well, I think there's no doubt that having federal support helps. But like all the museums around the world, we suffer with the lack of resources because, you know, gift shops are closed, et cetera. But I think that we recognize that we have a role to play, which is to help other museums around the world explore the questions they want to explore, help them think about reopening. So we take a leadership role and recognize that because we're federal, we want to make sure that we serve not just Washington, but the nation.
0: Lana, you talked about how the goal of a museum isn't just about the past, but it's about today and it's about the future. And you talk about some of the things you're already starting to do. When you think about this particular moment in history, give me just kind of your gut check on where it fits kind of within the context of U.S. history. When we look back five years, 10 years, if somebody goes into the museum, what they'll see about this moment in terms of its level of importance?
2: Well, first of all, they'll see that this is not a unique moment, unfortunately, that there has been this kind of violence, this kind of killing of innocent Black people for generations. But what they'll see is that what this I hope will be is a tipping point, which is a point where we galvanize people around the country. I'm moved by people demonstrating in L.A. or Pottstown, Pennsylvania, and use that to sort of say this is a moment where we shouldn't just simply have a commission report that goes into a library that nobody reads. But that rather, this is a moment to think about how do we really address police reform? How do we make sure that America is a freer and fairer country? So I am hopeful, I'm not sure I'm optimistic, but I'm hopeful that this won't be a tipping point.
0: I just want to touch on that. The difference between hope and optimism, and it predates me, but from speaking to people and particularly speaking to people's parents, that, for example, in the 1960s, in the March on Washington, et cetera, there was obvious recognition of the difficulties and the struggle of what people were asking for. But it seems like there was optimism that eventually the country would get to where people wanted it to get in terms of the specific things they were asking for. You mentioned just now you're not necessarily optimistic today. Why do you think today is different than then in terms of optimism?
2: Well, I think, first of all, what you had then was a combination of a strategy of protest, as well as a strategy that would lead to some political change. So this was about making sure that we allow blacks to vote. So therefore, you had passage of laws like the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act. So I would say that I am hopeful that this excitement, this pain of this moment will push a country forward. But as a historian, I've seen these moments before. And what is different about this one, I think, is the fact that it's galvanizing across the country at the same time, that social media is making it more effective and reaching out to a diverse array of audiences. I am hopeful for change. But to be honest, we have to change. We can't keep doing this day in and day out, worrying about the unfairness of a nation.
0: Lonnie, my final question for you, vis-a-vis history, and you just mentioned social media. If you think about lots of parts of the Smithsonian, historical pieces of the Smithsonian, lots about letters, right? Beautiful language letters that I don't think many people know how to write today written on actual paper. When you think about how this moment and moments like this will be captured by the museum and other museums in the future, do you feel we are capturing history better because so many more people are able to express themselves and have those moments recorded? Or is it worse because it is not quite it is reflective as reflective as it has been perhaps in the past?
2: The key is that some of the material in the past has been reflective, but it's also been not as democratic as I'd like it to be. What this moment allows us to do is that, for example, when the museum collected around the issues around the death of Freddie Gray, instead of, you know, collecting papers, they actually collected the videos that people shot when they were in the protest. So this is a new time for museums to collect in different ways. And I think that's all the better, is that to be able to have the array of tweets and photographs and videos that people are doing will give us different ways to understand the story. And if you could find more ways of understanding, that's all for the better.
0: Lonnie Bunch, thank you so much for joining us this morning.
2: It's my pleasure. Thank you.
0: My final two right after this. Bridgebank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and
1: remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers and the disruptors, those committed to making the world a better place. Bridgebank has been dedicated to providing financial solutions to sponsor backed emerging technology and growth companies for nearly two decades through its national network of banking teams and offices. Bridgebank is a division of Western Alliance Bank.
0: Bridgebank, be safe, venture wisely. Now it's time for my final two. And first up is Facebook, where CEO Mark Zuckerberg yesterday held a 30 minute online meeting with company employees in which he defended his decision not to pull down arguably incendiary posts from President Trump. The meeting was, in a word, the Verge reports that one employee asked Zuckerberg, quote, why are the smartest people in the world focused on contorting and twisting our policies to avoid antagonizing Trump instead of driving social issue progress, end quote. Zuckerberg, for his part, reportedly lamented that the sense of unified purpose around COVID-19, both in the nation and within Facebook, seems to have so quickly dissipated. And although he didn't say so directly, that lament comes with his full knowledge that scrutiny of Facebook will only intensify as November's election gets closer. And finally, there is maybe some good news on America's jobs front. Payroll processor ADP this morning reported that the U.S. lost 2.8 million private sector jobs in May. Now, that's obviously a big number and reflects lots of personal pain, but it's substantially less than the nearly 9 million jobs that economists had been estimating were lost based on weekly jobless claims from the Labor Department. One possibility, of course, is that ADP just messed up. But the half glass full explanation is that layoffs did indeed slow last month, with most of the pain put at the front end of the pandemic. It's even possible that hiring accelerated. We should know much more when the Labor Department releases its May data this Friday. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers and Naomi Shaven, have a great National Egg Day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another ProRata podcast.